Every sport on the planet has its superstars, those that are able to win the crowd, become showered in elation and sometimes even transcend their sport. Be it through their fantastic feats of extreme athleticism, demonstrating their skill above all others, or by simply connecting to us all through our TV screens, every sport has its superheroes. Of course, mixed martial arts is no different, and often we find ourselves attaching emotions and intrigue to a particular fighters' career, following them on their journey and sharing in their success. However, as many fighters are loved, there are also those which the fans come to despise. Whether it's their fighting style in particular, the nature of their wins, or perhaps even their choice of words on the microphone. For whatever reason, these individuals end up in our bad books. But even still, redemption is possible, and in some rare cases, these fighters have managed to outgrow their past personas and become some of the most beloved in the sport. Today, we will be taking a look at just that, those whose past identities and transgressions were either forgiven or forgotten, and they were born again in the light of their new fandom. I'm Balian from MMA On Point, and here are 10 fighters that you forgot were hated. Number 10. Frank Trigg If you're relatively new to the sport of MMA, you've probably noticed that these days trash-talking and social media hazing is part of the fight game, and compared to the early days of the UFC, it is not only more common, but also more accepted. Enter Frank Trigg, who began his UFC career with a title shot against Matt Hughes. Trigg liked to talk trash before his fights, would criticize his opponents, and of course big himself up, which drew the ire of many fans. A brash-talking nobody heading into a title fight, of course people hated him, and when he lost in dominant fashion, it expectedly made things even worse, especially when he criticized Hughes for having to try three times to choke me out. All worked out in the end though. To make matters worse, he was gifted a rematch for the belt, and after delivering an illegal blow to Hughes, proceeded to try and end the fight. Anyway, yeah, not the coolest move. After losing a second time and continuing his trash-talking ways in the lead-up to a fight with Georges St-Pierre, one of the most lovable characters in the sport, the UFC fanbase had had enough, and so had the UFC, as he was cut after that loss. Remember, I wasn't really, my contract was up, we didn't renew it. I had a, I had a fight or two left in my contract, and I got released. So I was fired. Since then, however, Frank Trigg slowly won us all over, appearing as an announcer in Pride and finally transitioning into a fully licensed MMA and eventually UFC referee, something he was praised for by much of the fan base as one of the first UFC veterans to enter the octagon as an official. Number 9. Yoshihiro Akiyama there are plenty of things you can do to invoke the wrath of the MMA fanbase. Turn down opponents, trash talk, punch old men in pubs, lots of things. One sure way to distance yourself from popularity is to cheat, especially in a dishonest way and especially against one of martial arts' most beloved heroes. Well, this was just the case for Yoshihiro Akiyama, aka Sexy Yama. Once he openly admitted to greasing up for his bout against Sakuraba, immediately the fan base turned on him. Such blatant acts of cheating are far more heinous than any PED use, right? Well, based on the fan reaction at the time, this was most certainly the case. And after you combine this with the numerous accusations of adultery in Japan, Akiyama had very few fans left. 
Regardless of this though, the UFC decided to sign him and promote him as a superstar, albeit a hated one. But after a 2-5 and five run across his UFC career, the fans started to warm up to him. No matter what, he always brought the fight and was involved in all-time great wars like that with Chris Lieben. Seriously, go watch that fight if you haven't. He was also incredibly memeable with a nickname like Sexy Yama and the US fanbase slowly but surely began to warm up to the Asian superstar. Number 8. Rashad Evans Transitioning into an MMA analyst after a fighting career is not always easy. And not only do you need to have the knowledge to impart on the sport, but you also need some level of fanfare in order to be successful. Well, there are few that have done as good a job as Rashad Evans. But during his career, he certainly wasn't a popular figure. His initial exposure to the sport came by way of The Ultimate Fighter Season 2, where his showboating antics were on full display, much to the displeasure of Coach Matt Hughes and audiences at home. He would go on to win the season, but in relatively boring fashion, according to most fans, and this continued throughout much of his early UFC career. His slow-paced, wrestling-heavy style had much of the UFC audience questioning his actual skill level, and fused with fan favorites John Jones and Rampage Jackson only caused further pushback from crowds. As his career continued, Rashad showed himself to be a great coach and mentor for many upcoming fighters passing through the Black Zillion's gym. And as his own title ambitions diminished, so did the aura of arrogance that some fans accused him of as his string of losses towards the end of his career gave fans something to cheer for, wishing for him good performances and victory. Today, he's a fantastic analyst, presenter, and host, and shares a love and passion for the sport that resonates with fans all across the world. Number 7. Josh Barnett Back in the early days of MMA, before we knew that everybody's on steroids, being caught juicing was a one-way ticket to fan disapproval. And that was exactly the case for the youngest ever heavyweight champion, Josh Barnett, when he stopped Randy Couture in the second round via TKO and was found post-fight to have tested positive for steroids. steroids. The MMA community put him on blast. He was stripped of his title and would not fight in the UFC for 11 years. He also signed to fight in the Affliction promotion against Fedor, where he tested positive again 11 days before the bout took place, leading to the cancellation of not only the event, but subsequently the Affliction promotion entirely. Yeah, he received a ton of backlash for that one. However, flash forward another four years and he would find himself back in the UFC, with older fans having slowly warmed to him as the veteran he now was. After impressive performances and several appearances on shows like the Joe Rogan Experience, fans had an insight to his quirky personality. By the end of his career, he was a vet of Pride, Affliction, Strike Force, Dream, Pancrase, K1, and the UFC. And after being found innocent of another failed drug test and having taken years from the end of his career, our sympathy for Josh Barnett reached an all-time high along with his fandom. Number 6. Chris Cyborg it's no secret that before the arrival of women's MMA stars like Ronda Rousey, Joanna Janjacek, and Amanda Nunes, a large proportion of the fan base considered it to be a bit of a joke. Times have certainly changed, but seeing as Chris Cyborg was back in the day one of the most prolific female figures in MMA, a lot of that hate was often targeted towards her. This manifested itself even further with comments from Dana White such as, She looked like Vanderlei Silva in a dress and heels. 
Was your head shaped like an egg before she hit you? This and the fact she tested positive for steroids led to Chris Cyborg becoming one of the most hated athletes in the sport. If you're pumped full of steroids and the lightest you can get is 145, then if you're clean, it's it's assumed that you could get lighter. And somewhat rightly so, I mean, she did cheat and that will always result in backlash and a loss of support. But comments about her appearance were just spiteful and unnecessary. You only need to hear the booze rain down on her during the ring announcement of her famous fight with Gina Carano to see that Cyborg was not everyone's favorite fighter. But as time went on and as women's MMA found its way into the mainstream, the skills and performances of Cyborg certainly garnered more and more respect from those that dismissed her and other female athletes. She amassed a 20-fight win streak, going to decision only three times. By the time Dana White announced her signing to the UFC, the fanbase was positively buzzing with anticipation at her matching up with some of the existing talent, knowing that she always brought the fight and looked for the finish. Even after her loss to Amanda Nunes, she has bounced back in Bellator and makes appearances across the world on podcasts, TV shows, and more as the inspiration and role model she is. Number 5. Anthony Johnson a big man scoring big knockouts in complete and devastating fashion. How could he ever be hated for that? Well, before Anthony Rumble Johnson was switching off lights at light heavyweight, he was also doing it at welterweight, but that's not all he was up to in the early parts of his career. Although scoring some exciting KOs at 170, fan interest first began to wane as Rumble became notorious for not being able to make weight come fight night. After failing twice to hit 170 pounds, he opted to jump up to 185, a sensible decision and one that could silence the doubters and haters claiming he was being unsportsmanlike, taking on competition that he clearly outsized. However, when stepping on the scale to face Vitor Belfort at UFC 142, he went over the 185 pound limit by 11 pounds, missing by a mile and failing now for a third time. At this point, both the fans and UFC had had about enough, and he was let go from the promotion. After winning his next 11 of 12 fights, nine of them by straight cold KO outside of the UFC at light heavy and heavyweight, his attitude and persona seemed to change, not only showing a more respectful side of himself towards his opponents, but also acknowledging his previous mistakes and being as humble as Rumble could be when severing opponents' consciousness. All in all, he quickly became a fan favorite, and when he retired at UFC 210, many fans were sad to see him go. Number 4. Anderson Silva Certain MMA superstars don't form overnight. Often they take time to develop and grow into their own as the sport transcending individuals they become. Well, this was most certainly the case for Anderson the Spider Silva. Many fans noted his skill level on his arrival from Cage Rage into the UFC and with him capturing the title only after two fights in the octagon. From there, he continued to earn stoppages whilst defending his 185 pound title, although nothing sparked fan interest. It was two fights in particular that really grinded the gears of the MMA audience, however. The first came against Talis Lates at UFC 97, when Silva spent the entire fight essentially throwing only jabs and leg kicks in what was called the most boring title fight in MMA history. Then one year later against Damian Meyer and in the UFC partner's new backyard of Abu Dhabi, he proceeded to taunt, clown and refuse to engage Meyer, knowing that he had no chance on the feet with him. 
Dana White put Anderson on blast after this performance, which only further dragged his name, image, and popularity with fans through the mud. It was good then that he went on to win all of his next five fights in devastating, dominant, and exhilarating fashion. Chael Sonnen helped talk up their matchup, which he stole at the last second, and straight after that, he front-kicked Vitor Belfort in a knockout scene by the entire planet. Needless to say, he became a superstar, MMA legend, and transcended the sport with his worldwide fandom. Funny how quickly it can all turn around, eh? Number 3. Yoel Romero Fighters can earn fans' adoration and respect in a lot of ways, engaging in all-out wars, surviving to the bitter end, ending fights in entertaining and devastating fashion. Well, Yoel Romero was able to do all these things, but there was a time early in his career where audiences were not too keen on the Soldier of God. Against Tim Kennedy at UFC 178, we had the infamous Stoolgate incident, where during the break before the third round, Yoel had too much water poured on him by his corner and as the ref was demanding it be cleaned off, Yoel decided he was going to remain on the stool for the entire duration. He then, of course, failed a drug test after his Jacare Souza bout, and although the suspension was dropped from two years to six months, having proved it was a tainted supplement, it gave many fans ammunition to continue the campaign that no man could possibly be as jacked as he was at the age of 40. His post-fight speech where he asked people to say no to gay Jesus, apparently a mis understanding intending to say no forget Jesus also ruffled a lot of feathers. No forget Jesus people! Since then, however, Yoel has put on some truly spectacular performances, with a kind of warrior spirit and heart on display that is almost impossible to not win over the UFC fanbase. He went through multiple wars with Robert Whittaker, spectacularly KO'd Weidman and Luke Rockhold, and put on a fight of the year with Paolo Costa. He's a fantastic athlete and competitor, and as fans got to know his personality and struggles through podcast episodes, it was very hard not to warm up to the guy. Number 2. Michael Bisping There's always been a fine line in MMA of cockiness and confidence, and for some fans it's often difficult to tell the two apart. Certain athletes take it too far, become disrespectful and cross the line, and some people are just Michael Bisping. You, you got something to say? Bisping's road to success is paved with one-liners, weigh-in taunts, and threats of I'll do you, mate. Bisping's abrasive attitude often rubbed fans the wrong way, but a big turning point was his post-fight speech after taking a somewhat controversially close-bit decision win over Matt Hamill, in which many people felt he was disrespectful even in victory. You've been calling me out. Who's the real winner of the Ormond Fire? The same one it always has been. Back to wrestling. This continued as Bisping lent into the bad guy role through his next bouts right into the UFC vs UK season of The Ultimate Fighter against Dan Henderson, and you can guess who the majority of the fans were cheering for in that one. However, even after Henderson delivered swift justice for many with the power of his H-bomb, his antics continued including spitting at the corner of Jorge Rivera. However, after fighting a shopping list of PED users, a gutsy performance against Kung Lee, beating streaking vets like Lates and showing heart and courage few possess against Anderson Silva, fans were almost ready to love Bisping again, and the second he knocked out a cocky Luke Rockhold in the first round, he had won back the fans. Post-fighting career, he slid excellently into analyst and commentary roles, bringing a touch of humor along with a veteran's knowledge to the UFC broadcast and cementing his place in the UFC Hall of Fame. 
Number 1. Daniel Cormier Rivalries can often make or break a fighter's career in one way or another, and for Daniel Cormier, he sure picked a rival. DC found himself on the receiving end of the fan base's wrath, all stemming from his rivalry with John Jones, who at the time of their first fight was one of the most beloved fighters in the sport. The rivalry was intense and heated, and when DC lost, most believed he would never touch UFC gold. Except Jones was, of course, stripped of his title, and he was matched up with Anthony Johnson for the now vacant strap, which he won. But this didn't sit well with the fan base. What followed in DC's next title defenses was a string of boos from the UFC audiences, as he was declared a paper champ by many fans, believing John to still be the rightful champ. Matters were made worse when DC pushed back, asking fans to Boo me! I'm getting money in championship belts! What's up? When Anderson Silva stepped in on short notice at UFC 200, DC decided to wrestle instead of strike, and this only upset more people. But when he lost again to Jones in the rematch, DC showed a much more humble side to his nature, and after John was stripped again, the fans started to warm to the idea of DC being a champion. After he joined the UFC commentary team and began to show more of his personality, it became harder and harder for fans to hate the guy, and after capturing the heavyweight title from then heavyweight champion GOAT Stipe Miocic, he became pretty much undeniable. Big shout out and thank you to Max Randall for editing this video. You can follow him on Twitter at Max underscore Randall. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you very much for watching everyone today. Please go ahead and like and subscribe if you did enjoy the content. We upload at least three videos every week for your viewing pleasure. Go ahead and leave a comment below if you want to join in the discussion and follow us on Twitter at MMA on Point and myself at Balian underscore plays. You can now jump in and join the community discord as well if you want to continue the discussion further. And I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I'll see you in the next one.